Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, you'll be listening to PSY 353 Community Psychology with Professor Mark Harner. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hello, I'm Dr. Mark Hunter, and I'll be your instructor for Psychology 353 Community Psychology. Now we're looking at Unit 1. It's been said if you want to truly to understand something, try to change it. And we, uh, this is a quote from a psychologist, Kurt Lewin, who had a big role in the, in the formation of community psychology. And in this uh, term, we're going to look at how community psychology is different from other areas of psychology that you uh, have probably already studied. There's different terms that we use in community psychology, and probably the thing to help you get a good grasp of community psychology from the very beginning is to understand where most types of psychology are working one-on-one with an individual. Community psychology is working with a community. Now, it's not the same as social psychology. Social psychology looks at the behaviors of the people within a group. But community psychology is sort of unique in the field of psychology because it's an interaction between the psychologist and the community. They're both equal partners. We'll talk more about that later. But one of the important aspects or tenets of community psychology is the setting or the ecology, or sometimes we use the word environment, leads to behavior. Think about it. if you were born in a different country or a different state, what type of person would you be? Would you have the same uh, religion? Would you have the same desires and behaviors and uh, opinions about things? So if community psychology recognizes that our ecology, our environment has a big role to play. And a very important name to know in um, community psychology is Bronfenbrenner. And he looked at the different systems that we are all engaged with and how it interacts with our behavior and our attitudes and, and such. Things like microsystems, these are the home environment that you have, the family that you were raised in. Mesosystems is where things come together. For example, a child may be in a microsystem with a family, but they join together at a school, and that forms a mesosystem. Or your church is a way of an example of a mesosystem. An exosystem is what is outside of your, um, your system that have a big influence on you. As I record this now, we're going through the coronavirus outbreak and uh, precautions about that and how government regulations have said schools need to stop and how that affects a school, which is a mesosystem, but also a microsystem. How does that need to uh, change the family dynamics? And macrosystems are general overall culture. Um, there's, we have city uh, governments, county, state governments, but we also have a culture of the United States and has an impact on how we go about our, um, our interactions. 
You'll see this um, diagram in your book, and this is an important one to refer back to because I understand that sometimes it's difficult to remember what's a micro, what's a meso, what's an exo, a macro. But as you look at this, you start to see the different examples and how it interacts. So this theory on, of Bronfenbrenner's has a big impact on how we look at community psychology. Now we look at some of the interventions that in, interact with a uh, community. And when there's an, uh, some event such as the coronavirus that's happening on, um, interventions come in three orders. The first order is to seek to improve the problem by changing the individual to fit the situation better. So for example, um, you know, making sure that you keep a certain distance or having to wash your hands more frequently. A second order is to transform the problem at the system, the ecological error, uh, so that the um, system or ecology no longer poses a problem. And in this regard, we're looking at um, things such as, um, you know, the school closures that you probably have seen. And the third order is what are the things that we have to do to transform our culture, our nation, to, um, to make it a totally new system for the next few weeks, at least when we're recording this. And um, how does that work and sort of the different interactions that involve. So um, interventions are important. One of the things that happens in community psychology is it appreciates diversity. And it looks at, you see this word cloud here and uh, different types of um, information that's involved with that. Um, it's culturally centered. It's looking at uh, community and interaction of culture and community as well. Um, prevention, what do you, how do you look at when you have a change, such as the coronavirus, how do you interact? What types of preventions do we have? Um, do we have a primary or prevent things from happening altogether? Secondary, you treat the problem at the earliest possible uh, moment or tertiary where you reduce the severity of the problem. You can't make it um, any better, but you can try to prevent it from getting worse. There's other classification systems as well. Uh, universal classification is that you address a problem in the general public, and we've been seeing announcements uh, regularly about how to do that. Selective is uh, how does it affect some of the populations that you might be in, perhaps your school or your workplace, or indicated um, problems designed for those beginning to show symptoms of a problem. That would be more of your individual uh, approach, you know, when you start to see something happening and dealing with it at an early level. You hear the term social justice and um, a lot in community psychology and what it's referring to is it's a resource distribution that is equitable, that making sure that um, we have the distribution of um, services and different opportunities that people have uh, an equal chance in order to make sure that they have access to those. So fairness of access is a, one of the cornerstones of social justice, which is a very important part of community psychology. 
Empowerment just means giving people the opportunity to um, have their voice heard, make sure that they feel like they have a part of the process, that they can be uh, a valuable member of the community. Collaboration is very important in community psychology. It's probably the area of psychology that works the most with people outside of its field. So we see here historians, economists, biologists, sociologists, anthropologists, political scientists, all work in conjunction with community psychology to have a better understanding of what this community is and what's their, what are their needs. Now we're gonna look at some brief research methods. And um, your book talks a little bit about some of the common ones that you may have seen in some of your uh, other psychology classes, but I'm gonna focus particularly on the ones for community psychology. As I mentioned before, um, community psychology really is a partnership between the researcher, the psychologist, and the community. What they try to do is define the problem, devise a solution, determine what is a meaningful outcome, and helping with the data interpretation, influence the dissemination of the data. So what that means is that a community psychologist would work with the community to help understand what is the issue that they want to address, what is the problem they want to solve. And where sometimes in psychology, the psychologist comes and looks, maybe observes what others are doing, the community psychologist is interacting with the community and they recognize that the community has a great source of information on this problem already. They're dealing with it. So the uh, interaction between the community psychologist and the community is very important. Um, so there's different types of areas of study. So the community psychologist helps and design the area of study, what we're gonna focus on, how we're gonna do it, what is the methodology, and what are we going to use this for? And how are we going to have this? Is this just for research purposes or is this really to make a change in this community? And community psychologists really are looking for helping that community make a change. Um, epidemiology is a term, and we've heard this recently with the coronavirus, is um, the study of the occurrence and distribution of a disease in a population. And the reason I bring this up is because oftentimes community psychologists are involved in things such as um, outbreaks and um, things like the coronavirus. Uh, a couple of terms that you'll see are prevalence, um, the total number of cases that you have within um, a population. And incidence is the number of new cases in a specified time period. How many new cases have occurred in the last 24 hours, the last seven days? Network analysis. It's understanding that the relationships between group members. And as you can see from this illustration here, that just the complexity that there is regarding that, um, you know, what is the nature of the relationship? How do you measure that? Um, is it mutual or is it just one way? So all these things can be very complex in trying to understand the interactions of the community. A needs assessment is important. It determines whether a program can be used within a, a various 
given situation or population. Sometimes in community psychology, they work with a community and find out a, come up with a program or a solution for that community. But it doesn't always replicate in another community. So we try to make sure that um, in community psychology is what's used in one community working for another one. So they use different uh, methods such as interviews or surveys or other descriptive techniques. And then once you, uh, a program is established, you have to see, is it doing what you thought it would do? And are you, you're analyzing, you don't just put it in place, but you have to see this is indeed the outcome that we're hoping for. And is the process working to outcome what we're looking to achieve? Anytime you're working with a community though, there are some politics. Um, things you have to remember is things the way they are because some person has benefited from that situation. And so there's a lot of times there's review boards, there's political um, committees or things like that that get involved in this and uh, to see what is necessary. And you can see from the illustration, sometimes there's a push and pull between the science of community psychology and the politics. And so a good community psychologist is aware of these things. And you have to understand the cultural sensitivity of the community that you're working with. Sometimes that, uh, as I said, what works well in one community may not work well in another one because of a different culture. Um, you have different cultural differences. Things that you can do in one culture, you may not be able to do in another. So being aware of culture is a big important part of uh, your work as a community psychologist. And then you have to decide is what's the balance between the benefit and the risk to the community. Um, if anytime you make a change, it's going to cause um, some stress. And so one of the things that you have to weigh out is the benefit and versus the risk. So this ends Unit 1, and uh, I'll see you in Unit 2.